pranams to everybody. Shri Guru Namaha. I'm going to be very short because I know we are running late. Um, so I'm a student of Pooja Swami Dhananda Saraswati Ji of Arsha Vidya Parampara. And currently I'm in Arsha Vidya Gurukulam Anekati doing a one-on-eight day course on Bhagavad Gita. But I live in the US, uh, hopefully not for very long. I'll be back soon. And this is part of my, I'll just press this one. Yeah. This is part of my internship that I did, Masters in International Education in George Washington University. Um, and the internship I did was with Arshak Vidya Gurukulam, Sailorsburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, what I'm trying to propose, both in the paper and uh, what I uh, noticed, was every class that we took in GW, they would enforce how sustainable developmental goals are very important, UNESCO's SDGs. So they're all into SDGs. Everything in the world now is SDG, and that's how they put their money depending on you know which SDG you're trying to fulfill. So then when I studied them, whatever class I was taking, I was like, all this is followed. If you lead a proper Vaidika lifestyle, we probably fulfill all the 17 SDGs and more. And having lived in Anekati before in Arshavidya Gurukulam uh, in 2012 when Pooja Swamiji was uh, in his physical body, before his Mahasamadhi, I was like, we do this and more. And I'm sure it's the same for Chinmaya, uh, CVV and, and uh, SIF also. So any institution, a modern institution, which teaches Vedanta, uh, Advaita Vedanta in the traditional Paddhati, definitely fulfills these. My um, paper is, of course, a very cursory look, my lived experience. It's not a very in-depth analysis. And all this is something that we're all aware of. And all of you esteemed uh, speakers more than me, Bharat Gupji, and all are here. Um, so I'm sure there's more research to be done. But I will just quickly go through what I noticed. And um, I will just give the points so we don't have to go in depth. But I'm happy to send it to uh, anybody who wants soft copy. So we'll go to the 14th page where I started off um, comparing it. Um, this is all, and this is all geared towards a very American professor who was very kind enough to accept it because I had to put it in a language she accepted and understood. So it's all a very uh, uh, towards a Western viewpoint, and I think that's also something we should be doing. Um, so I'm, I was happy to do that, but it's not how I usually think. I think very <laughs> Arshavidya-like. Um, so let's see if that's the page, no, yes. So if you look at this, I try to show that UNESCO has 17 SDGs and through our Vedanta or Advaita teaching, we have, what I noticed was 12 out of 17 of them are being followed. And how is that? This is the main, this is the main um, uh, graph and uh, we can go one by one very quickly and we can either be interactive, that could be quicker, Initially, I'll just call it out, and then we can just look at each of them in our own, how we understand it. So they say SDG 2 is uh, zero hunger. And we know what that is. You know, Purnatvam we come from, Annapurna Devi, we have a whole goddess who is dedicated to uh, bhojanam and annam and everything. And uh, as feeding, whether it's in the mathas or anakshetras or um, like Kali Kamdi Baba who gives bhiksha, like our concept of bhiksha or dhanam or whatever. So all that is fulfilled. and. I focused on Arshavidya Gurukulam, Pennsylvania, but this can be, uh, we can transport that to any institution. So, um, yes, so I, I talk about how this is a concept that is very Vaidika in nature, that feeding people every day, of course. I mean, everything follows the Panchamaha Yagna. So, uh, the camp that I was a part of as part of my internship in Sailorsburg, Arshavidya, the camp, the topic was Panchamaha Yagna. So we were using that Panchamahayagna concept for teaching teens who are second generation, you know, American, Indian American kids, games, everything was Panchamahayagna based. So I go from that viewpoint. 
Then good health and well-being, we know about that. So I'm being very quick, but like I said, I can send it to anybody. So yoga is part of now, of course, the UN, but uh, Ministry of Ayush, that, you know, it's, it's all the governmental level. But in our own level, if we do sadhana, and I had to map it with Kolb's experiential learning, because I have to prove it to a Western audience that what we are doing is not theory, it's experiential. Sadhana, I mean, they call it experiential learning. So I had to put that together, but I thought that was also essential because she had no idea that we do something like this. So international education, I try to say this is the indigenous knowledge systems and it's still existent all over the country and we, the sadhana, what we do for good health and well-being is whatever it is, whether it's japa or, or the learning itself or yoga or whatever. Quality education, this is the core of what I was talking about, what we learn and we all know about Dharampalji's beautiful tree and we know about how Indian education system was massacred <laughs> by the English Education Act. Um, and prior to that, we had this kind of education that Arshavidya and CVV offer. Um, and, and we learn critical thinking. So that's become a catchphrase in the West now, critical thinking, mindfulness and all that. But that's what we do with Shravana Manana Nididhyasanam. So removing doubts or staying in that oneness and all that, um, that is a part of what we do. So all that, and I've mentioned the various books by Dananda Swamiji, uh, socio-emotional uh, learning skills, ethical learning, moral values. These are all part of our learning and also Vridha Vebahara. We see and learn, you know, it's, it's not, and through our stories, uh, storytelling, Mahabharata, Purana, because that has a long-term effect than just giving speeches like right now I'm doing. <laughs> so, um, and then gender equality, of course, um, the very idea then for Advaita Vedanta when we're saying everything is Brahman and there's no, where is the concept of gender there? But even then we have the divine feminine, we have Navaratras, we have Devi worship. So the whole idea that we have to atomize something is, is mute. So we don't do that and in, in oneness we don't have uh, to have that and Pooja Swamiji would say if we fulfill our duties, somebody else's rights are fulfilled. So things like that. So it's very simplistic for an Indian audience, I think, but then especially audience like you. But for a Westerner, professor who was quite a huge professor, she was like, oh, wow. So she was quite amazed that there was something already like this. You know? So I just tried to map it, and I didn't see any other study like this. So I thought, I'll propose this. Um, and then reducing inequality. Again, when you're saying from a Paramarthika level that everything is Brahman, so even if there's a financial difference, the respect you accord the other as you are Tatwa Masi or you are uh, the same as me is obviously reducing the inequality. So uh, I go from there and I quote various uh, scriptures which uh, reinforce that. And, uh, and also the idea that we come from a sense of plenty. So in Arshavidya Parampara, they emphasize that Satchit Ananda, Ananda Swarupa is not as bliss, though I did write that for her sake. Uh, we em emphasize Ananda as fullness and Purnatvam, more than bliss. So uh, we come from that um, point of view. Sustainable cities, again, Panchamaha Yagna being a contributor. So I don't have to go into details. So if we do Panchamaha Yagna on a daily basis, each person does that. Uh, we wouldn't have the kind of, uh, you know, the having to be told that we have to be sustainable. The idea itself of Panchamaha Yagna is to be a contributor and to be sustainable, whether in a community or on a large scale. So I just uh, spelt it out for her, you know, for the professor and for the Western audience. And uh, yeah, and then responsible, so SDG is Sustainable Developmental Goals, so 12, 13 different, one, different ones that I was trying to uh, map, uh, responsible consumption. So when we think of Bhagwan as both the Nibhatta and Upadana Karanam, uh, transcendent and immanent, then everything is Bhagwan. So if I'm touching this, if I hit my foot, I 
do this i mean we do that for saraswati or lakshmi or whatever we are so particular for jalam we have a uh, shlokam for agni we have a shlokam deepam we have a shlokam everything morning to evening if you continue like how puja swami taught us we get up from the time we open our eyes till we sleep there is a shlokam and stotram and something for every little thing so if you are living a life uh, which is um, so you you a spiritual life and you're living a very um, sensitized life uh, then all this is sacred ecology sacred every, everything is sacred and sacrosanct so um, th- then your consumption is very conscious you're very conscious about what you're doing um, i quoted scriptures which all of us are aware of climate action we all know that again vegetarianism beef footprint <laughs> carbon footprint all that so I, i mentioned that and recently there was um, burger king came up with something called the impossible whopper which actually is a vegetarian and then they didn't have a footfall for a long time you know they were going like down in their uh, finances and they introduced this and i i quote the numbers it just shot up you know so especially in the west there is a whole uh, group of people who are into vegetarianism which is a good thing but unfortunately here it's the reverse hyderabad where i'm from it's just much more uh, i see in sainikpuri much more non veg joints and shawarma joints and all that it's very unfortunate whereas it's going down in the west at least in certain level of um, consumption um yes river goddesses this is my favorite thing because it's amazing that um, ganga stotram i'm assuming is shankaracharya's um he wrote it and then ganga ji is somewhere in the north and everywhere we chant salesburg we chant there is no river there at all and we're doing oh jai ma gange and it's so amazing that you're you're just living the fact that she's right in front of you just embodying her wherever you are so this is so beautiful so when you're talking about water and water forms so it's a very um, for me a very um, non livable fact that a theoretical fact that a westerner is proposing whereas somebody who is living uh, a vaidika life and imbibing that in the day to day life ganga ji is a reality every evening when you do the uh, ganga stotram whether in chinmay or arshavidya or anywhere and then because of the projects namami ganga or clean ganga you have the river dolphins coming back into life and that is part of what the sdgs propose unesco proposes life the water life you know the water bodies and ganga ji writes the makara so you know we we've thought of it i mean the rishis i'm including i'm in the parampara so we've already thought of it it's it's already there you know so i'm just putting it out and of course life of land uh, life on land so bhudevi we start off with thinking of as a bhudevi which touch our you know when we put our feet on the ground we do namaste to her when we dance you know uh, we we do namaste bhumi puja when we do construction and then uh, peace and justice of course we have ahimsa as a core concept of all our actions and we have sarve bhavantu sukhinaha so we start off with peace and justice as our motto in our shloka stotrams and everything um and then partnerships and goals this is the final uh, one the, the 12 that i found the linkages uh, when for example indica and cb we have partnered so if we have a common goal which i'm saying is advaita or you know our uh, spiritual goal then partnerships are very common in the internship i did in sailors book there also they invited psychologists and and yoga teachers and others who practice this and it was easy to see that there were no ego hassles because a goal is common so i'm just saying that there were 12 commonalities that i encountered and that that's that so 12 commonalities between the 17 sdgs and the 12 uh, formats that we did in uh, arshavidya which is common to chinmay also i'm sure but if we probe further and we look at a proper vaidika's life i'm saying that not just the 17 sdgs but probably more a vaidika does more <laughs> for the world and and sustainable development than what the unesco proposes dhanyawad thank you <laughs> Yes. 
which are the five <coughs> five remaining one which are not uh, uh, that's a good question. I should have had a, a graph in this. Um, I can Google it and send it to you. I didn't. I, didn't, I think I put it somewhere uh, separately, not in this. And yeah. did, you, did you had a, a, some kind of allegation, something like there should be a secular mode when you submit to the? No. People? So the thing is, uh, in the West where I live, and I have taught Indian language and culture at the State Department to Americans coming to India. Um, the if if you put it in a language that it's understandable to them. Like they say oneness, oneness is a Western term. So if you say oneness, wholeness, well-being, and if you put it in a format that it's good for the planet Earth and sacred ecology, there are certain terms. So if you put it in those terms, they won't, you know? But you used uh, some slokas. Uh, so uh, that is fine. So the, no. that, that no, so that's what I'm saying. It's, it's very amazing that if you stand your ground and you, you explain why you're doing something and you, you have to say it's for everybody. The slokas are Sarvai Bhavanta Sukhina, so I translated. So I said it's for everybody. You have to bring in the gender element. Oh, you know, we worship the divine, which is true. We worship the divine, the feminine. So if you have your boxes checked, and you know which boxes to check and which words to use in their language, then it's fine. They, there is a lot of Hindu phobia, for sure. Like for Shivaratri, I said, let's do this, this, this. And the, it was all the Indians, by the way, the Indian kids who've gone from here. They said, oh, no, ma'am, it's, uh, you know, we invite everybody. Because I see the Sikh uh, community or the Muslim community having so many events. but we can't have a Hindu event. They wouldn't let me do a Aarti or a Puja for Shivratri. The, the Indian students, the council or the association. Yes, so the phobia lies among the, our own children and kids, you know, the youngsters, mm. not from their side, if we actually put it across in, oh. a, in the right way. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. In my experience, it could be different. So definitely, Tarpanam is... In sustainable development, I can relate it, but they won't understand it. Panchamahayagna, I just said, to our ancestors and rishis, but they don't understand the concept because it's a very rational thinking. They do not acknowledge the existence of devatas or deities or anything that is not rational. But by saying that we observe these, I can say that it's a continuation of traditions. They understand uh, elders because natives have elders tradition. So you can say that you're respecting your elders, which also means pitras. So you say elder traditions, we, uh, we acknowledge their um, whatever they've given us. So if you talk in terms of uh, we respect the tradition, the elders, what has been given to us from the previous generations, they understand. But if you say tarpanam and we're giving it to the pitris, uh, there's no understanding because their minds don't go beyond what they see. So it's a very rational world there. So unfortunate, but thank you.